It's Nicole. It's Saya. I'm Carol. And this is Tiffany. And we're what keeps us together. Basically, the group chat in your head. Living rent free. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about the Astroworld concert and Travis Scott. So I want to read a little bit. Travis Scott's Astroworld Music Festival turned deadly on Friday when a crowd surge pushed concert goers towards the stage crushing and trampling fans, killing eight and leaving some fighting for their lives. Since then, a criminal investigation has launched into the event and multiple lawsuits have been filed against Scott and the promoter, Live Nation Entertainment. So how do y'all feel about Astroworld and the things that have been going on? And I'm pretty positive that some that have been fighting for their lives have unfortunately succumbed to their injuries. So... I mean, it's devastating who goes to a concert thinking they're not going to come home. You know what I mean? Like, that's really sad. Right. Um, It's wild to me that people were trampled to death. Like, that's not how, like, we've heard of shootings or, like, other tragedies happening, but being trampled to death, like, I never would have guessed that that would happen. Right. Especially not given that there was no other emergency event happening it's right. not like trample people were trampled because they were trying to get, get away from something yeah. it just is like being present and that happened is yeah. a wild concept and what like, we were even talking like so like when drake first came out i went to the so far gone concert at 9 30 club that's probably like the one of the first concerts that i've been to outside of like a homecoming mm. where it's like a freestanding and with um caucasian people because i have only been to co- <laughs> like standing concerts with black people <laughs> So um, when I got HBCU, there, everything, I, yeah, yeah, like yeah. at HBCUs, like other events, like people aren't pushing, like we're having a good time, we're dancing, but no one's like really jumping around pushing against you. That was my first time experiencing people pushing me. Mm. So I was just like, this is, I'm, I'm confused. Like, I don't know why you're touching, why we're touching each other. This is just, this is right. not fun. Like, I don't know what's like, why this is fun to you. Right. But and this I, is pre-corona. Yeah. Yeah, pe- yeah. Yes. Right. So you know how on top of each other. Yeah, so my right is like, please don't touch me. <laughs> Um, so, but in that situation, I was able to, of course I was in the front cause I wanted to be closed, but I, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back. Cause clearly everyone's pushing to get closer. Right. So let me just get out. So I can't, but I was able to get out. So I can't imagine trying to get out of somewhere being uncomfortable and not having anywhere to go. Right. Like, mm. Or successfully getting out only for security to push you back into it. Yeah. Which is also terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I've... <sighs> All right, so when I first heard about this, I was sharing it with as many people as I possibly could. Well, let me back up, actually. Let me also say, um, sorry to hear about the losses of the individuals who are at this event. Um, I really am praying, not just sending hopes and prayers, but am praying about those individuals who went to have a good time and didn't come home. Absolutely. Um, Start there. 
But I shared it with everyone because this hit way closer to home than I ever thought it would. And yes, as Carol likes to point out every time we record, <laughs> I am an older person. Sorry. So I do. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> not at all. She's not <laughs> sorry in sorry. the least. <laughs> Figure we just go ahead and get that out the way now. I'm starting off. Oh. Gonna... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it again. <laughs> I know this is not done. I just figured I started versus her. No, but I just, um, I, the last time I heard about people doing something like this and not even the deaths, but people just dealing with like crushing, crushing is like Michael Jackson. Mm. And I'm like, first of all, I, I know I'm old, but I ain't never heard nobody talk about Travis Scott like they talked about Mac, uh, Magic, uh, Michael Jackson. So I was like, this don't feel, that doesn't feel right. But then secondly, I was also, I have been to a concert for a artist that I have no knowledge. I don't even remember the person's name right now. That lets you know how invested I was to it. <laughs> I went to go take some high schoolers to this um African American, American um, rapper who I don't know, probably a little something or something <laughs> else. <laughs> Again, showing my age or whatever. Y'all know what I'm saying. Um, and I was at this event. I went as a chaperone and experienced the feeling I think I personally feel like was right on the cusp of being what Astral World was for me. Because mm. I was. We entered into the venue. There weren't a lot of people there, but as Carol said, as things look like they might start to get started, you feel the people in the back pushing slightly. And don't get me wrong, there are individuals who are trying to get to the front, but some of them handle themselves a little better than taking, you know, four or five guys in a row and just pushing against the whole crowd until mm-hmm. somebody, you know, bends. No, these individuals, you know, we're sitting there, we're standing there, and the artist was late. Let me also say that. So it's not even as if the artist was pushing this. The actual audience was pushing so hard that I was doing, I'm going to say him again, Michael Jackson, a uh, smooth criminal video when he was leaning and no one knew how he was leaning that far. I was doing that, but in the 360, like I, and my arms were pinned, pinned down. So I had no control over my body. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I couldn't move. I felt like we were going to fall. And I'm like, if we fall, they're right. How People aren't going to be able to get up. Right. Why? Because their hands aren't free. Your mm-hmm. arms are not out. So you can't catch you, yourself. You can't catch yourself. So Oof. it's that type of panic that I'm in. And this is an echo stage. So if anybody, no one who's in the D.C. area listens, hey, y'all. Um, <laughs> but echo stage is, is not a large venue. It's inside. It's a warehouse. It's a warehouse, right? So we're not talking about a ton of people, but that still was enough. And for me, I'm, I remember I was also saying there was, I wasn't the only chaperone there. I was, there was an old, later old, older than me, but shorter than me. She was there with her 10 year old or, or not her 10 year old daughter and her high schooler, right? Uh-huh. Because they both were fans and she, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So she's there. Bringing your kids. And, but watching the pure panic in their faces, they're shorter than me, can't see, can't move, can't do anything. And we're like, I'm arguing this audience is, hmm. 80% white, the rest a mix of whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of them were looked under the age of 23, mostly males, by themselves, unchaperoned. And so they're, as I'm talking to some, even when they're walking by, or as I'm starting to panic and I'm literally 
cussing people out, telling them to get off, trying to like ask people to be respectful early on that switches into this panic of like, Mm -hmm. please just get off, like stop doing it. It didn't make any sense. These kids are most of the, some kids listened. Majority of them thought it was hilarious. They thought it was a fun and game situation. So when I heard about this, I don't know Travis Scott. I don't know anything about him, but I instantly was like, if the demographic is this age that I was with, oh, this was a game before the thing even started. And, and I, that's a game until it's not a game anymore. Exactly. And that's the thing um, that, like, I was so panicked about having that experience, being with high schoolers who are not my children. So if something happens, what am I, like, yeah. you know, how am I going to explain that to anybody else? But not only that, but these are kids who just wanted to come have fun. And mm. I understand wanting to have fun, but... Mm, these kids are not taking into account some of these kids are not taking into account that you may not make it home and that's what happened and that's the unfortunate part it didn't have to be that way even if you're you're coming late and you want to get to the front hey you push a little bit one in line and if you can't get through leave it be you didn't get there on time it's not a game and i think that that's the thing that really when i watch this it just hurt to know that like I'm assuming that he's also pumping the crowd up because once the concert started for the one I was at, he's telling them to push. And I'm just like, I'm we're going to the back. Well, how does your venue deal with it? When, oh. Or the venue. The venue. And he's telling you to put. He's telling people to push. for. That's what I'm confused about. Like, he's telling them to push people forward. Like to jump and push like that's like it turns into a mosh pit. Yeah. Kind of a situation. Yeah. Uh, also, the, not push kind of but just like jumping up and pushing like around. Like he may be saying that okay. what is happening in the crowd is this like okay. people surging forward and mind you it's one thing if you're surging and and the person in front of you is pushing back these people don't know that this is happening so they're leaning forward and they're leaning forward so we're doing that's how we start it's like a domino effect yeah we start Mm -hmm. doing this criminal um smooth smooth lean because no one's prepared for these pushes that are happening in the back they're being respectful of the person in front of you in front of them so it's yeah i so the venue that i was at long story short before the person came on, had started the so the the uh, rapper and the main event had no um, had not been on stage to tell anybody about pushing, but they were already doing it right. So security in the venue start to notice finally, but this is after a good while of this going on. Like it happened, then it stopped, and then you think you like, all right, it's gonna be done, and then another fifteen minutes, twenty minutes later, it would do it again because they were waiting for him to come on stage, and he wasn't coming on stage. So a couple of times within like a thirty minute frame, finally they told everyone in the back to step, take two steps back, and you know mm-hmm. to do that, and that is the only reason why it wasn't as crazy once he started because they were like, we're not bringing him out until, until y'all you all down. calm down. Yeah. Also, smaller event. Um, I believe the lights were even still on even before, as they were doing this. Oh, okay. So easily could be seen by yeah. people in the front or the people in the front are getting crushed. So it's easily to be seen by security. Yeah. Um, so that is the one thing that did save them. But there was a young man that spoke in, the, in another video who said when Master P was on, you can't tell me Master P performed right before. Uh, Travis Scott. I'm sure somebody was in between them. So, <laughs> not trying to be rude, just saying. <laughs> just keep it real. Um, with that, so there was plenty of time, and that if it's happening, then then they have time to prepare. Not Travis Scott's people because they ain't on, but 
security, that, that venue. the venue, and I know security. they hire, they may hire new people, but the head security ought to be in the front watching stuff. And if if a guy you hire says, "Hey, something looks funny," that you ought to have some protocol already yeah. set, especially so, when that happens early on. It, and watching some of the videos over the last week or so, I feel like some people came. I mean, with that mindset, right? And yeah. I understand that going to it, like, I just went to a concert this weekend. I was very excited, but I have challenges just going to the mall because I don't want nobody that close to me. So with the thought process of going to a concert and someone standing right, first of all, I go into a concert, me personally, with the knuck of you buck mentality. Like, don't you get too close (laughs) because I'm going to have my entire personal bubble and you're not going to be in it. But in watching some of the videos, like people just getting into the concert, it was like they were leaping barricade, like. If you have a ticket, you're going to get in. Relax. Calm down. And I think um, some people, again, I, I understand being excited, but it was like in a complete lituation gone completely wrong and without any human concern, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Fair. that that is like a general theme mm-hmm. with Travis Scott concerts. Oh. Because, um, so Patrick's friends really like Travis Scott and they were considering going to a Travis Scott concert. And I was like, um, I remember when they were talking about it and I was trying to figure out if like, you know, the girlfriend's wives were invited. Cause I was like, okay, well, if everyone is going, like, I know that y'all want to be on the floor, but I'm not trying to be down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you know, things were said about, like, how crazy things would be and, like, how, like, fun that is and how, like, wild it's going to be. And I was just, like, not having ever been to a Travis Scott concert, I was like, I'm not, that's not how I like to fun. have fun. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's not, like, really what I'm trying to do. So, um, having heard that, this felt, I will still say surprising because whoever hears about right. deaths at a concert, right. but also, like yikes because it's not new so like there's also like that element of like there's clearly been warnings of something like this having the potential to happen Mm -hmm. before now if you guys know the mood of the crowd what that energy brings what this fan base brings and has brought to previous concerts previous venues so um i and i don't obviously we don't know all the specifics i don't know how much the venue being overcrowded because people are jumping over security and people without tickets are getting in or what all of those things are like bringing to the situation. But I mean, it, it's crazy. Okay. So I'm probably going to date myself just a little bit, but <laughs> I did, so it's fine. <laughs> whatever. It makes me think of the Selena movie and mm. where it's like an outdoor concert and she's up on stage and people are hype and live and there's a ve- like a very distinct moment where this girl is being smushed up against the stage so bad. Like it's a gate that is under the stage and she's being smushed. Like she's literally crumbling down and the stage starts to buckle mm-hmm. and they stop the entire concert mm-hmm. during this part of the movie. One, to make sure the the artist is okay. Right. And then of course, getting the girl up from the floor that was being smushed and the artist being Selena 
and uh, uh, obviously I wasn't at the concert, so I don't know how true this is, but according to the movie, she brought the crowd back in slow, but kind of set a tone that this is how we go move. Everybody, like, let's be hype, but let's be chill too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't so, this happen at um, Yardfest or Howard Homecoming once? Do you guys remember hearing about this? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember who was performing, but people were getting kind of crushed at the, at the front of the stage. Mm-hmm from the same kind of a thing no but i will say like so i've worked a festival before um i also work in events where we have to get things approved Mm -hmm. and um one the festival that i worked there are people everywhere not only like event staff but their security every well the festival I worked, I'll say it that way. Okay. So there's secu- there's literally security everywhere, like spanning the front of the stage. They're also in the crowd. They're in the back. Like they're at the exits. Like you have to hire a lot of security just depending on um, like getting certain permits and things of that nature. And staff, and event staff. So there's volunteer staff everywhere. There's actually people who are the production company. There's the mm-hmm. people that are with the artists. Like there's literally people everywhere. Um, and so I just find it hard to believe and we're all typically you're in some type of communication. So people are in walkies, they have headsets on or something. So for me, it's very hard to believe that this is all happening and higher up. So people who are in charge of making sure people are safe are not aware of what's going on. Right. Especially when we saw like the cameraman who was being and maybe he's not really paying attention because your layer your job is to focus on the stage, so you're laser focused. So when people are climbing up in your space. You're just worried about people not interrupting your job. (laughs) So like maybe, although like I kind of see like if if enough people are coming up to you, people are dying. I feel like you are going to be like something. But I just find it really hard to believe that not one time that's, or well, okay. So then let me back up. Houston PD said they told them way ahead of time that this is already a mass casualty event and they need to shut it down. So at no point you guys like oh people are dying let's figure out what's happening let's delay this start time let's not bring travis out like let's take a break like i remember when we did the festival that i worked here in dc people vip was getting too crowded and they were like stopping people from coming in security was really tight they were doing certain things so it's just hard to believe that people are actually dying and being trampled and no one's like hmm maybe we should you know right like figure this out or stop something and see what's going on like for everyone just to be like Oh, it ain't my problem. Right. I think that that is the most terrifying thing. And when I saw that video of the of the girl climbing up to the cameraman to try to tell her to say something, I was and I not won't even say past tense. I'm wasn't sure if certain people in certain in jobs go into Travis Scott concerts knowing how crazy the crowd is with blinders on because they're like, I can't deal with the chaos. Mm -hmm. I am not equipped to like deal with people that are on drugs, have this high energy, want to be on TV, want to be seen, want to be all of this Mm -hmm. and aren't thinking about like the actual repercussions of what that could mean for a crowd. Yeah. I guess for me, like even the bare minimum you could have been like, is, Hey, I need security in section or quad, like a whatever, like something like I mean, anything like bare minimum like your job as a cameraman like i get there's a lot of happening and you probably like you have a shot you have to maintain but you have a second to hit your walking and be like hey we have an emergency by my booth i yeah. need security here asap like yeah to just do nothing is what's really mind-boggling to me or even like the houston pd saying that oh we have no authority to shut this down i'm like, like what you're the police and they have t- 
like concerts have to have permits with the city. Per- permits and like, so for me, I do a lot of trade shows. We have to get stuff with the fire marshal. If whatever we're doing, the fire marshal comes in saying like, oh, you're not up to like right. the codes and the rules and regulations. They're shutting you down immediately. Yeah. So you can't Especially tell if there's me. too many people in a right. space. So you can't tell me that some official wasn't nearby or close by or wasn't called like no one had the authority but production I don't believe that yeah, like, I don't either. like that someone above you can shut this down right. and if you said well, this is a mash casualty I'm mash casualty to me means die yes. like someone's dying yes this is not a oh people you know like people are passed pe- out yeah, people, people are, are, These really people are drunk or they're high right. casualty means someone died right you as a police can't be like we're cutting this yeah not only just that something without catalyst so it's like it's not like it's mass casualty like i had to step back for a second and think about it because i kept seeing news reports about how this was the deadliest concert in the u.s or something like that and i'm just like wasn't there a shooting at a at a concert in vegas but i was like there was a shooting yeah there was a catalyst to the event that caused the casualty mm-hmm. these people was just trampled to death right <laughs> that there's no catalyst so yeah what is the problem and i'm i'm agree with you like i don't i didn't make sense for for you to tell me that you don't have any control over something because like you said if a fire marshal comes in fire marshal could come into any place and be like the code says you have to have this many people and you have exceeded that. So right. shut the shit down. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I felt bad for Travis initially because I was like, there are people whose literal job yeah. it is to shut shit down. And it's not yours. Yeah. yeah. And as the artist, that's not your role. Yeah. Um, however, like seeing people in the last week or so making sure their crowd is good when they're on stage is different. However, those have been indoor venues and whatever else the difference is, but like also learning in the last week, how many like misdemeanors Travis has pled guilty to because he's been not inciting violence in his crowd, but like inciting Chaos. chaotic energy from yeah. his crowd has, it just makes, he's more culpable to me. Yeah. Like when you, it's not your first time. And if this is what part of why the crowd comes to your concerts to experience this energy, to exude this energy, then it's a little bit of a beast that was created by his own antics. Yeah. yeah. And this is his festival or concert, whatever. Um, so he owns it, I'm assuming. Right. He owns Live Nation? No, Astro Fest. Like he, this is his. No, because he, no, I was looking that up. Mm-mm, he doesn't own it. It's owned by Live Nation is the promotion company is the owner of the Astro World Festivals and the promoter. So it's not him. So he's just headlining this every mm-hmm. year. Yes, because and then he got his first headlining, I think in twenty eighteen. It was something he always wanted to do. So Who owns a trademark for Astro World? Yeah. I would think it's Travis. Mm-mm, somebody else. Huh. Well, unless he recently bought it, but this is coming from the or at least his record day. label. Yeah. I don't know. The th- three days ago, the Washington State Journal said it's. It's Live Nation, so okay. I thought they were just. Um, I thought they were the just production. producing. He's it. been the headliner oh, so since a joint 2018. venture between Scott and promoters and Live Nation. Oh, oh, okay, all right, but yeah, he doesn't own it. He's just okay. He's getting, the name. Yeah, he's the name. He's been the draw since. And that's why I felt bad because I felt like people were blaming him because yeah. he's the name of it, and you're uh, he's the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't know yeah. what production looks like for Live Nation. We don't know right. what the security team looks like. It's easy to blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also, I guess cringy. also people are also blaming him because apparently there is like a dead body that was being like crowd surfed. There was ambulances in the crowds and stuff. And I will say, again, 
being on stage at nighttime, there's a lot of lights in your face. So it's very, and I'm not, I'm not passing blame from him. I'm just giving perspective. It's really hard to see out into a crowd when you're on stage. Right. There's literal lights beaming in your face. So unless you're in a certain spot, it's hard to see certain parts of the crowd. Like it's just very dark. But if you can't see something, like it's not pitch black. So if people are literally being pushed against a gate or you're seeing a lot of, I'm assuming people are falling or like the swaying yeah. ambulance. Like, it seemed like there was more than one. It was like one ambulance here. So I do get like, if you say, like, oh, someone passed out, that happens all the time at concerts. He probably didn't think anything of it. Right. But I'm also assuming you, people aren't siloing you. Like, are you hearing nothing that's going on before you go on? If you, like as an, like a, a Master P or a Roddy Rich or whoever else, or Drake, I'm assuming you're not knowing the ins and out of what's going on because you're just there to perform. But I'm, I'm wondering if Travis might have a little bit more insight of what's happening if he is a jo- joint owner or if they're shielding him from a lot of happening to keep him focused on performing. I would think the latter. Yeah. So do you guys think that he's being siloed? Yes, for sure. Okay. Definitely. So they're shielding him for whatever's happening, if anything's happening, just so he is focused on performing, period. Yes, people are trying to get their money. They ain't trying to have him worried about a whole bunch of other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I think there's also people that are paid to worry about it. True. Yeah. So it shouldn't have to be him in an ideal situation. Right. Yeah. But he also had, I guess, hindsight, had they said something to him, he could have been like, all right, y'all. Right. I'm going to need y'all to chill. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like even... Someone in, had to say it. Yeah. I feel like him even, or someone else. Especially it was happening before. Like, it it was started happening before the concert even started. So... And before he started performing. Yeah. Right. Which means when, when you're in the back getting dressed... And someone's like, yo, all of this shit is popping off out here. And then you go on stage and be like, hey, yo, let's turn up. But before we get to the turn up, I heard some shit been popping off out here. Or his let's DJ chill. or someone could have been like, hey, guys, Travis is not coming out of here, out here until y'all calm down. I was about to say, right. if they did what they did at size, then yeah. you know, that's what should happen. But yeah. that still takes an authority figure to do that. Yeah. It still takes an authority figure to inform him that that needs to be done or that you can't perform until this happens. You know, it still takes someone either from production or security or whoever operations to make that call and then to halt the show until it transpires. Yeah, it sounded like Live Nation wanted it to look full and wanted it to look hype. And that's why... Alleg- I don't know why they were worried about it looking full if people are jumping security gate to get yeah. in. Right. If allegedly security is pushing people back into a certain area, it means that they're trying to make it look... Like, a lot of people are there. Oh, see, I thought oh. people were trying to get over a barricade that was at the front of the stage they, and get under the stage. Why would you get under the stage? To get out of where you can't get untrapped from. It's oh, not so, that they wanted to go out. It's that oh, they were trying to okay. get out of the scenario that they were in. So right. security was pushing them back from the front? That is what I... Under, how I understood what I read. Oh. I don't know that that is what actually transpired. Okay. That's just how I understood what I read. Oh, okay. So I completely misunderstood. I thought people were trying to like leave from like the sides and the back. Security was like pushing them back no, in. No, I think it was they were in an having an inability to get out any other way. Mm. We're trying to get out past a point where they weren't supposed to be. And that's where security stepped in. Uh, I don't think they were like people in the back were like trying to walk away and they were pushing them back into like 
to make it look like it was looking like something. Oh, I think that okay. they were trying to prevent what I was referring to at Howard, where, like, or Selena, where, like, the stage is collapsing because people are pushing into yeah, the stage. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to prevent that and pushing people back into the... Okay, so then in that case, I don't know if I necessarily fault security at, at least those particular security guards. I'll say it that way, because I don't... Although I don't know what you're seeing from the front, other than people just trying to infiltrate an unauthorized space. Right. So I don't know if you're seeing the actual moshing yeah, or the Asha, or you're just saying people jumping a barricade that you're being paid to protect. That's what I'm saying. So like, right when I was talking about the cameraman or like anybody in any scenario that if you can't see that people are actually being stepped on, which unless you have an aerial view, I don't really know yeah. how you're seeing that. That's what the but he did saying. have an aerial view, so that that didn't help either. It's no, because she said she could barely see the cameraman. The camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let me um, mitigate what I just said. I don't think he's looking for that. I don't know if people in security. I mean, I would think yeah. that people in security at the front of the stage and can see into the crowd. Like, well, don't people do that all the time in festivals? But I don't know. Are you seeing like? Are you seeing people falling, or are you just seeing people pushing forward, and you just need them to be back? I like. What I don't are you? Know. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That's why, like, and now, especially when it's like, and I don't ever want this to come off insensitively because obviously that's not the point that I'm getting at. In a crowd of fifty thousand. Eight people passed. Right. How visible are those eight people to anybody that has the authority or capacity to do anything? I don't know. Because well, they're not even in the middle. They're only on the edge. But but we know people. eight people died. They said there was a ton of people that were injured. Yeah. Right. But I don't know what that looks... In my mind, it's like a sinkhole, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like people are falling and then it's like a domino effect. But what I think actually happens is that people are pushing people fall and then the people that are being pushed are then on top of the people that fell so there's not an actual hole it's just people right moving and being and then, so unless you're tracking a specific person you don't know that that person is now missing and then another person has taken their place you're just seeing people waving moving moving forward i don't know okay. what that looks like yeah. from an outside perspective well okay so Trying to relate to the situation or at least think of a vantage point, I hate to compare this to this, but it's the only thing I can think of is like the part in the Lion King where Mustafa <laughs> Please don't laugh. Sorry. But no, how you were explaining it about how the Lawrence hole is filled. <laughs> the hole is it is being filled and then yeah. like you see the stampede coming. Yeah. But from the vantage point of even up at top. All you see is a stampede. You don't mm-hmm. see anything under the stampede until the stampede is cleared. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you were under there. Yeah. But so, but ambulances got to some of these mm-hmm. people. Well, it sounds like people got to that person and then right. crowd surfed them out. Right. Oh. That's what I thought. Oh my God. I don't know if I'm mistaken. No, I know no, that, that happened. I know that happened for one person. I just wanted, they said that the ambulance got to someone. I don't know if they got to him after the person was crowd surfed out or if the oh, ambulance okay. was able to get to someone. I don't, I didn't, only saw a couple of videos of, um, I guess, lower vantage points of people. Um, but it sounds like there wasn't adequate staff yeah. or yes. they weren't properly prepared for the amount of people. Um, which tickets were sold. And I know people, they were saying people breached yeah. um, certain things. So it just sounds like 
chaos. Yeah, there was just a lot of chaos happening, and they weren't adequately prepared for yeah. the, That's the reason people why people that were are there. pointing fingers. Yeah, yeah, and so everyone just kind of like, it's not my fault, this person's fault. And security is like, well, I couldn't see, or, you know, like there's a lot of, again, a lot yeah. of finger pointing here. Um, but I just feel like the second you know people are jumping, and I guess I don't know how many people it is, so like, if people are breaching security, they're breaching ticket sales, and they're jumping the vents, if that's five people... I guess you don't stop everything to find yeah. those five people, but at some point, you know, you're over capacity. Right. And also if you knew people were dying before your headliner came on, that's that right. is that's also yeah. worse. Kind of like, yes. right. you yeah. knew something, it's not like this is you're like right. the, the concert's over you're and they're like, wait, where are right. all these bodies coming right. from? Like, that's not what happened. Right. right. So, um, <sighs> I don't know. My stomach is hurting listening to this. I'm just like, I can't imagine, especially like that father with his nine year old. Like, yeah. I know people are like, why would you bring? Because if my kid is a huge Same. fan and we're going to a concert, like, why not? Like, I'm not expecting that we're going to die when we get there. You know what also, I mean? Like, uh, I think that when you have that perspective, you are, I was thinking about this on the way in. You have to also remember that these kids right now have access to to things and are hearing things that you as a parent may not really ride with, but they have access to that. Back in the day, for me, y'all, we had access via the radio or nothing else. So there was no opportunity to hear a lot of stuff that you, your parents wouldn't really vibe with like that. So, or you may vibe with the music, like, but not know what the in-person environment then yields. Right. Like there's no, if you haven't been before, right? How do you make yeah. that connection? I, the concert I went to, I have no, I don't know this child from anybody. Little something, little, little something, <laughs> little, little, little something. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that person from anyone, but I would assume this is what happens at concerts. So I've been at concerts. And let me also say that I've been at concerts where there was a mosh pit type of mentality happening, but it usually happened to the side or at the back and it didn't involve anyone past the people who willingly walked into it. Mm-hmm. And this was very clearly a group of people who thought it would be fun to include people into something that they didn't asked to be a part of and have taken people's lives and so that's the the messed up part is to me on several occasions that it's it, several instances in this situation where no one wants to take responsibility because a lot of people were in there for just the money and really weren't concerned about the people who were providing the money and that's the part that sucks yeah the most. and it wasn't even like it was one or two people who did this this had to be hundreds of people right. that were pushing or it kind of started off as like a couple people pushing and then now everyone's pushing and then Everyone, you know, it just kind of like escalated yeah, is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. But seemed to be fun. It stresses me. In the yeah. middle, when you're when you're not able to participate in it, <laughs> it's not as fun. When yeah. you're being, yeah. you know, pushed upon, it's not as fun. And so I can see how there was probably a good amount of kids who had a great time that night. Yeah. And yeah. a bunch that didn't make it. Yeah, I know that no amount of money can bring or fill the void for a lost loved one, but I certainly hope that these nine families get compensated. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I I I believe this is what is that? The canary in the in the mine shaft type situation. Cause I've this child I didn't like I went to, I didn't know, but if they get to the point of a Travis Scott situation, I hope that this is something that doesn't allow what I experienced to happen at that person's concert or anyone else's going forward. I hope we're, you know, 
Um, I've heard that there wasn't an incident like this in almost 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping it's another 40 years that, that happens because it's something like, Or not at all. But I'm just saying, you know, just that this to me seemed like, unfortunately, it's him. Um, I wouldn't want it to be anybody really, but he's a big enough name. He actually has the support of some individuals you know, who is baby mama and that whole family that I think people will actually listen to and not. And I'm saying it from the standpoint of, for whatever reason, this family says stuff and people listen. So I'm hoping that that has an effect. This will be a test case for sure. So yeah. like, um, this will be a, for like people in the events industry or people who are in special events, things of that nature. This will come up more than once. Oh, about absolutely. It's how, definitely going to be a lessons learned. Yeah. Like about what, like how security, like what you need to do, having an emergency plan, um, having proper first aid and security. Like this will definitely be a, um, we're going to study this to mitigate and make sure it doesn't happen at right. future events right. for sure. And also, unfortunately, um, and insurance for a yeah. lot of these artists and festivals is going to go up a well, lot. I'm yep. sure. Yep. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful if, if this crowd of individuals who enjoy doing this at this, at these sees this learns a lesson and really it changes mindsets of people going forward. I mean, I, you know, concert promoters and all that too but i i don't know I, the kid that's the the first video i sent you all was a young man who um was trying to save people and the way in which he was shook i just really hope that that reaches some folks it's just it's not it's all i just think about the kids who i was in that situation with before and it's not it's they think it's fun but it's not and i really hope that that uh, is eye-opening for a lot of people who go to concerts moving forward yeah think about other people please all right so that other family being the kardashians have also received some backlash throughout this whole thing so um which one's married oh has is travis baby with kylie Kylie's yes. Yeah. I was Kylie and Kendall get them mixed up. I can never. I Kendall want, ha, has no man, no kids. I know, but I want Kylie. Just sounds older than Kendall. I don't know why. Can the I, name. Wow. I think she, really quick at um, you asking which one is married because the answer is none of them. Not name one. Technically, Kim is still married to Kanye. If you let Kanye tell it, he ain't got no papers. Well, okay. Anyway, he also said Kim will always be my wife, which is another problem. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Courtney might be secretly married. Right she now. about to be. She yeah. Engaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Travis's baby mama Kylie came out with a statement about how like her and Travis are so devastated that this happened and blah blah blah. And the first thing I was thinking was like, do you own Astro World Festival? Like, we we's what? Because you know what she said. If it affects my man's bag, it affects my bag. See, for me, I'd be like. You were there, sis. Like, just happy you and your baby got out safe. This, Why are you statement... making a comment before the nigga who was actually performing? But did oh. this statement come out before or after people wrote that she got out of the concert before. safely? It was before. Yeah. Oh, but I'm not okay. sure what her mentions look like. I'm not sure if people knew that she was there and were like, you good, sis? Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is just like, again, if- Shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Stop! <laughs> just do something else! You have nothing to do with this concert other than you are you procreated with the man who's performing. Twice. Like, yeah, like why are you why are you giving a statement before him? I that is weird. It, yeah. 
It was, it was, <sighs> but that statement, I was like, what? And can I also comment on that was like one of the first ways that I knew anything had happened at all, which is also very strange. Uh, and I don't even follow her on Instagram. <laughs> and then seeing the, the people headline, I, I don't know. Yeah. What was the headline again? Someone should say it because you keep referencing it. Uh, that she was she got out safe. safely. Uh, pregnant. Uh, Kylie Jenner got says. out safe, but eight people died. Really? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> doesn't have to happen. And then also Kim said something afterwards too. And then Chloe did what I would have did, which was mind her business <laughs> and let the people who were involved take care of this. And then people were in her mentions like. Dragging her for filth for not saying anything. This is what happens when you're a family in which you have built your most of your money on social media in one shape or form. You know, before it was the news media, now it's moved into social media. So they do feel tied and probably a responsibility to these fans, but sis, this ain't about you. And that's where and you that's have what to, I got. Like you're yeah, like, taking responsibility for something that has not, it, it feels a little bit like an ego driven yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the family—they make everything about them. Well, that's my anyway. point. They've made so, their money off that. But and people I think that dying? They don't, that's well, what you want to be well, talking about. I don't. I can't call it ego driven if Chloe is minding her business, not mentioning it, and the mm-hmm. people are like, "Why aren't you talking about this?" You well, know Chloe, I mean? it, that was weird. But I'm talking it, about Kylie. the expectation is for you to speak on it, and I again don't know what her mentions were like yeah. if a lot of the crowd knows that she's there and are expecting or adding her and Travis expecting one of them to say something you know what I mean like people aren't people and don't think when they're when they're mad upset with concerned like they just I, guess I feel like you're too so it's not like Kylie is p- too much PR for yeah this. like yeah, you're no, a I brand agree. like you are a whole brand it's, and if you run your social media full-time I'd be shocked Mm-hmm. Um, one. So it's just kind of like, again, you don't have to make knee jerk reactions. You know what I mean? So if, if someone died at my house, I wouldn't be going on Instagram to be like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for that family. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't be my first reaction. But if you were Kylie and someone died at your Christmas party that you throw annually, someone's expecting you to say that. Yeah, at mine. It's okay, not okay. like it was at your house. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I feel so bad for everyone that died at Tiffany's house. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, before you say anything, <laughs> right. it's just, yeah. it, to me, it just came off as very, like, yeah. why are you speaking on this first? This analogy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And also, this is not I a wanted joke. to tell you to knock on wood, but I was like, I don't know. I don't Maybe that's not the scenario for that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, okay, then, okay. and we, again, we feel very sorry for everyone that lost it. Like, this is not a joke, but. Not but. <laughs> this is not a joke this is just how we cope yes just to be clear yes yes nothing is funny about this but you know security members asking to get paid through apple pay before you know families get identified <laughs> we're, just, we're just asking people to read the room yes, yes. bare minimum and take yourself out of this and then ask yourself well, all these other people that are dealing with things maybe i'm not the important one here yeah it's just i just thought that was weird it is but it again it speaks to that I hate to say it but I feel like it kind of speaks to the family and in general with how they deal with certain things that are in public limelight I don't disagree but I also feel like it also speaks to the culture of social media that we're in yeah because it's sometimes the people that um the 
public majority are asking for comment on things is not the right person. It's just the the name that they know. Right. You know what I mean? It's not who they expect to hear from or who we really need to hear from. It's who they want to hear from. So I, yeah, it, there is a coupling of a weird activity there for sure. That's true. All right. Well, talking about the Kardashians, we might as well just segue right into another black man um, that is affiliated with them. Jesus. What black man are they not affiliated oh, with? Is, no. the question. <laughs> is that what you're saying? No. We're talking about James Harden? Oh, no. Are we talking about Kuzma? Oh, no. Are we talking about <laughs> Lamar? All right. So we're talking about Jesus. Mr. West. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Easy. Uh, and I'm not excited. It's just yay. <laughs> not yay. Oh, oh not. Wow. It took me a bit to register. That was the corniest auntie. Where's my solo hand clap? Still got it. But she tickled herself pink. She She sure did. Laughing at her own joke, and she's the only one that got it out of crap. Took me a minute. Not that I'm the crap for laughing at her own pun. Lord. Are you in a space to tell people what happened with him recently? Yes. No. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I Ma'am. Are you sure? All right. Should we move? Okay. So recently. Kanye West, also known as Kanye, also known as Yeezy, also known as Ye. <laughs> He's going to do it again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I love my auntie jokes. Um, went on a podcast ran by, well, not ran by, it's, he went on Drink Champs, which is hosted by N-O-R-E. <laughs> That's oh my you god! On the podcast. You're canceled. You're canceled. Look here. I'm older, you. I just want to In know. O-R-E. That's what he said on the podcast. He said, "Do you not remember him?" Yes, I remember. Okay, I remember him. Okay. Are you saying it because someone I'm, just said it? Right. <laughs> no, I'm saying it because that's how he addressed himself on the podcast. Uh-huh. Anyway, he recently went just on Just put your mic back chance. on the table because you're struggling. Just go ahead and make a noise. Okay. So he recently went on the podcast Drink Champs um, with Noriega and then a bunch of other people. And pretty much all they do is sit and they get high and they drink and then clap a lot. Clap a lot and they talk about the most random of shit. Um, New York. (laughs) Damn. So you're saying you like it? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. (laughs) Carol's that. But anyway, so they were talking to him and. Pretty much Kanye was just Kanye. He was just wild and all over the place. So I'm going to play a very short clip. But it's like a phobia of mental health. That's the thing mm. when people try to write it off. Mm-hmm. That's like even when I cut my hair like that, I'm like, yo, they're going to try to freeze yeah, what's the my name of that haircut. At first, you know, I called it the Britney. <laughs> oh, Britney Spears. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> now it could be called a yay. But when I see when I see that, bro, I'm telling you, you know, the declaration of insanity is a form of censorship and control. You, like, are you taking some Hennessy? I'm, yeah. I'm like, salute that. Take, okay. take some more Hennessy, goddamn yeah, it. I don't yeah. know what the hell you're talking about, but this is fucking interesting. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You gotta sip it. It doesn't count unless you sip it. Nah. Tell me the best part. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but let's go. I would like, now that I'm listening to this again, because we, um, Tiffany mentioned us talking about this um, podcast, and all of us could only listen to so much of it because it is 
all over the place. Very is. chaotic is probably like the most used word that to this to us when we were describing the podcast. But now listening back to this clip, I blame Noriega. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like I'm not listening again. Dude, but, stop asking him questions in the middle of him responding to something because it's just like bing, bing. <laughs> okay. But on the, on the parts two where Nori tries to just let him go, there are like these long pauses where Nori is just. If you watch the YouTube version instead of listening to the podcast version, it's just him looking at Kanye when he's done. Like <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck he just said, but let's drink. <laughs> People want to use his haircut as an ode to mental health, but then he named it the Britney. Right. <laughs> the disrespect. Sir. And then also, so go ahead. If you listen to another part when he's talking about the black barber that was doing his hair, he was like, basically just was like, he just did it for free because he was so devastated that he just yes. effed his head up. <laughs> just walked off. He was like, I can't believe I just did it to Kanye. Sir, why would you do this to anybody? This it's like a real um, episode of Barbershop. <laughs> But, like, not because your client that is right. telling you to First keep destroying, or he said he, like, created doves in his head. It is not, like, it looks like at patches. All. At all. I don't know what you're saying, sir. It was, like, one of them situations where you know he got about to share. He was like, don't you tell nobody I did that shit. Right. He didn't even get a lineup. I just, I don't know what that is. It looked like Project Grass. <laughs> well, Nori did his version to his head, and he did, like, where you get the lineup, half of that part is gone, and I'm like, sir, you're you're old. Like the one <laughs> thing that black men know is that you don't mess with the front line of your hair because right. it may not come that. Right. So, you know, you take chances here. <laughs> so how do y'all feel about old yay? I miss the old Kanye and this new Yeezy. George Bush hates black people. <laughs> bring them back. Bring them back. <laughs> That's the Kanye I miss. Yeah, man. But you know, speaking of that, like, was that an episode and we just, like, it made yes. sense so we were okay with it? Yes. Right. <laughs> no. Yes. In all Fully. honesty, I genuinely believe that. Is it an episode? <laughs> I feel like that was, like, the first look into real Kanye that we saw. We're like, oh, <laughs> you a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all like, Ooh. Like, he right, though. <laughs> exactly. So wasn't he sitting next to Chris Rock? No, he was sitting it next to like Mike. Chris Tucker. Uh, the guy no, that the plays... Mike, um, um, from the, Austin Powers. Yes. The guy that plays uh, the Shrek. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Myers? Mike no. Myers, yes. No, Myers. That, it's not the no, no, Halloween that's guy. I, no, they have the same name. Is yeah, it? it's Mike Myers then, yes. All right, anyway. Kay. Austin Powers. I thought they cut back to somebody black who was stuck. But no, I it was on like MTV. Like, yes, it was on MTV. Yeah, yeah, Kanye was standing right next to Mike. And Mike is like... I know, but I thought they cut away from Kanye to somebody. No, he probably, probably did. He was also stuck. Oh, maybe, but he was definitely standing next to that white man. Okay. Yes. <laughs> to that white man. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like that he had a lot of healing to do after his mother passed, and he feels like he is operating in some realm of clarity. And in all honesty, in listening to him, I can pr- sometimes patch together <laughs> some of the things he's saying because it sounds like he's talking in bars. So it's like he'll say something and in his mind he thinks it's hella profound and maybe it's not. <laughs> Usually not. It just depends on how you interpret it. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Even before all this went down, there were a lot of people who 
mess with what Kanye was saying. Before what went down. Before, I'd say, shoot. Uh, before he ran for president, there okay. were people who were still caping for Kanye. Are talking about Red Hat Kanye? Oh. Pre-presidential elect Kanye? Kanye? Yeah. Kanye? Yeah. Pre-MAGA Kanye. Okay. Pre- uh, slavery is a choice. Is a choice pre kind that of. or yes, that pre, kind of. Pre, pre that. Okay. It was right. And I'm like, but even then he was saying some stuff where you were like, okay, well you, you sketching. Like you, I hear what you're saying and I'm, okay, whatever. You think he's on some higher length, but do you think he is now? Because your man then then jumped off the edge. The edge that you thought he was skating, which a lot of other people were like, no, he ain't skating. He didn't fell off. But you roll with him past the fall off part. See, I don't remember hearing Kanye speak that often. I remember fucking with Kanye's music. Mm-hmm. I don't, outside of George Bush doesn't like black people, I don't really remember sound bites from Kanye prior to Slavery Was a Choice. No, I do. There were enough of them where I was like, he would do sometimes an interview or it'd be something just random. And you'd be like, okay. Or even some of the stuff with within his music as well. And they were like, oh, you know, he's just talking about some stuff y'all don't even understand. Like, I do remember hearing that. And I thought, I always remember- That was me with 808 to Heartbreak. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it being more so like Kanye's always been like uh, very cocky. Mm-hmm. And he's been, well, I wouldn't say always. I feel like he started off kind of humble and then he realized he was a talent. He was very talented. And so he got a little bit more cocky. And so I think he got to a point where he didn't feel like he was getting the recognition that he deserved. And that's when the sound bites more so got to like, y'all are not recognized or I'm not being given the credit that I deserve for my talent. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where it started. And then at some point it got political and then the whole um, Taylor Swift Beyonce thing happened. Um, Forgot about that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we're like little drips. Yeah, so like, but but again, we're in still this like context. I mean, but we're still at that right. point. We're still kind of like, I mean, he's not wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's not how I would have did it. But I mean, Adele agreed too. Years later, Beyonce did have the greatest album at that time. Like Taylor Swift should not but, have won. That's that. my I point. Think, I think people were like slowly falling off. You, well, you hit that line, you'd be like, oh. I think it's well, like one of those things where you have that uncle that says the shit out of his mouth. You're like, damn, why you say that? And we're like, but. That's what I was about yeah. to say is that I don't think that we realized that there was a potential mental health issue. We thought that Kanye was speaking Trips. what black culture already thinks in a mass media forum, mm-hmm. which we're not accustomed to seeing. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think that that is where the divide started when we realized that, oh, Kanye is not pro-black. Kanye is pro Kanye, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it also begs the whole like our how he feels is that we just switched on him because he's now saying things that we don't agree with. Where before we agreed with him, so we stood by him, and he was just being Kanye. Yes, that's that's what having an opinion is. No, no, but I'm saying though, it's but then it went to I'm happy. He, he even said it. Now you're blaming it on me having a mental break rather than y'all just saying you don't agree with me. Okay, but see, that is where I differ. And that's why I wanted to bring this up as a topic because I think that a lot of times when now, when Kanye speaks out, there are times like when he when he tried to have his rally, his pre-presidential run rally, and they couldn't reel him in. And then Kim was 
oh, he's having an episode. I, we can't get him to take his meds, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how are y'all picking and choosing when he's having an episode versus when Kanye's being Kanye? Because mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference. When and she I'm, feels embarrassed, he's having an episode. Well, but she's not the only one that does that. Because even when it was happening after his mom passed away, people were like, oh, this isn't the real Kanye. Kanye hasn't grieved his mother passing. That's what we're seeing. We're not seeing Kanye kanye We're seeing him dealing with this emotional breakdown and not having the correct people around him to be able to process that. True. But I also think that that is what publicists get paid to do, right? It's so like he he does something that's against popular belief and then they swoop in and and be like, I'm going to be the fixer. And this is the blanket that we're going to put on it to be the fixer because it's it's a safe thing to do. Well, I would argue that it's not really that safe well, if for mm. other people that have mental health issues. Yeah. Agreed. Getting to pick and choose when it's your personality, your opinion versus when you're having an episode is a dangerous line to toe for people that, and I'm not saying that Kanye doesn't have a real mental health issue. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's a precarious line. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. What I'm saying is, is it's it's a safe option to select. Like if I had to choose or if a publicist had to choose, what excuse am I going to throw out? People are he going to believe or- <laughs> this over this potentially. But I, I, it's not safe for the masses because you're, you might be a trigger for someone. Right. It's I also, you're not going to... A lot of people are not going to argue that he's not really having a mental break because it's such right. a it's such a sensitive topic. Yeah. So if someone was like, "Oh, don't listen to him. He's off his meds or something," majority of people are not going to be like, "Oh, you're lying. You're like, why would you? Why would someone lie well, he's about racist. Forget yeah, all that. No, you know what I mean? Right. Like instead of him being anti-black, right? You know, if that's the truth, yeah, less people are going to question if he's actually having. A psychotic breakdown, regardless of the masses of people that that's going to harm. Right. If that is not true. Right. But I can't even remember, like, what, where did this first, when did we first find out that Kanye was having mental breaks? Like, what, do you guys remember? Did he make an announcement? He did an interview. No, he did an interview with, doggone, who was that interview with? I think he started going on concert rants. But, but he eventually admitted to being bipolar at, in but an it was, interview. It was a long time after he started having concert Const- breaks. I was agreed. Okay. What do you mean but concert I, breaks? Like There was one year I went to Made in America. And I just have a, remember having a distinct memory where he stopped performing and just started oh, ranting. Okay, I do crowd. remember this. And at this point, I don't remember when the rant started. I just remember being like, oh, oh, here we Oh, here, here it's it is. starting. Right. You know what I mean? So I, at that point, it was like understood that this was something's happening. Kanye, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's when mm. concern started or murmur started about what that is. Okay. Um, but I just remember that being for me the moment that I realized that um, a deviation between george bush taylor swift comments and this yeah Mm -hmm. that is when a a divide started for me Mm -hmm. gotcha okay no i just i i remember hearing random things about him and there was a slight divide for me as well but i wasn't first of all i wasn't that invested at this point his music 
kind of wasn't taking me there anymore. See, Dark Twisted Fantasy is a <sighs> masterpiece. Love it. Yeah. I was just, saying, I was just, mm-hmm. well, as we were preparing for this, I was thinking about all the Kanye albums that yeah. I love. Like College Dropout yes. is one of my favorites. Yes. That one is one of my favorites. The Watch the Throne. I remember going to that concert. Yeah. So good. Like, yeah. no one can take away that Kanye is talented. Yeah. Like, even I was listening to because I had not listened to his gospel album. Um, just because I didn't, that was the MAGA slavery was a choice yeah. Kanye, and I was just like, I'm good on you. Yeah. Um, but I went back and listened to some of his Sunday services again because I those like him even his arrangements like he wasn't even really performing those, but just like arrange the arrangements for the choirs are so good, and it takes someone with a, a, a certain a mind mastery. and a master yeah. mind to like come up with those things. And he has that. And I know that there's like that people that are like, like the genius, like insanity. Like people always say there's a very fine line between yeah. the two. And so he probably just has a mind that we, what all the things that are happening in his mind, we probably just couldn't comprehend yeah. because we're not on that same wavelength. Like, yeah. But he also says a lot of things that are very hurtful. And I think that's also, for me, where the turning point came. Because I was such a huge fan of his. And you're saying things like slavery is a choice. Yeah. About our ancestors who, if you're saying that the choice is living or dying, I, I don't know how you choice? call that a choice. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so it got to a point, which, or even like supporting Trump, who very clearly doesn't like anyone but rich white men. Like, mm-hmm. he's made that very clear. Not only his actions, but his words. Mm-hmm. And you're supporting a man that does those things when your fan base is largely of an African-American community who are not in the 1%. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you're doing a lot of things that are alienating your fan base. Yeah. And you don't seem to care. And I think that that, for me, is what really rang out to me the most. I Like, I don't... I try not to put celebrities, artists, actors, like whoever on a pedestal. And I feel like because we feel like we hear artists, it's harder. Mm -hmm. We feel like we hear your words, your thoughts, things like that. Um, But to me, there's just a point, a clear divide. And I, I, I I was, it's difficult because I feel like there was the point when, when he was doing Sunday services, when he learned about the um, bass music that is in most rap music and how it hits your shocker and how you can actually reach a healing tone Mm -hmm. and him starting to utilize that blew my mind. Like I, like that concept even is unreal to me. I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that that's where it's hard is like creating that divide I don't know that. Like separating the man from the music? Well, mm. if we can, yeah. A. But B, like, I don't I don't have a firsthand account for what bipolar disorder looks like. So I don't know what that's like in um, real time. To me, what I'm seeing is a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it has to be that a genius and a narcissist are mutually exclusive and i feel like that's what we see that that's why i'm slow to um call certain things stated certain rants episodes because i don't know that 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 ties with bipolar yeah and so like i just it is difficult for me and i feel like the only other like qualified genius that i can think of is albert einstein right and so like i don't we don't know what he was like 
there was no, like, there are videos of Albert Einstein, like, teaching at a chalkboard. I don't know if this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know what the similarities yeah. for geniuses are, like, what those personality traits may tend to or anything like that. Um, I just think it's difficult when so many of the rants that Kanye makes are are against the people that helped him become who yes. he is. That's when I, I know you all felt some type of way about his last not his last, but the albums that you guys mentioned, I don't even remember which ones. But for me, ver- earlier on in his career, to your point, being a narcissist was starting to be a repeat thing that I kept saying. And for me, I'm, I've am i just never gravitated artists, friends. I don't really mess with people who are narcissists. So for me, that was... That has always been the defining thing for me with him, period, mm-hmm. right? Like, whatever you're saying, all these other things that have... Some of them, I really have learned some stuff from him. And I don't think that learning or him being a, a true genius is separate from... it. I think that, that they are separate. Because I don't think that you need to be a narcissist and be able to be a genius. I think that you can be a very humble person, be very appreciative of all the things you see around you and still also be a genius. It just, I, I think that that's physically possible. Yeah. His personality and very much. a stupid narcissist right. in that same sense. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Drink bleach and get rid of coronavirus. Yes. See, we are seeing both of them <laughs> on both ends of the spectrum. Yes. So we know that that's possible. So I think that that, for me personally, bipolar or not was already something that was just gonna like I don't know I'm and I'm also old school I'm gonna say uh, mental health or not you're gonna be respectful you're gonna be you know kind there's things that you can control (laughs) may not be everything but there are some things you can control let's figure out the ones we can and work on those (laughs) and then we'll use medicine for everything else and the fact that he's not doing either one of those and I know it's hard um, especially dealing with the highs and lows of being bipolar, but still, you can you you can be kind. It also seems like he doesn't have, from the outside looking in, that he doesn't have real people that really care about him as a person, not him, Kanye, the artist, the brand. That's what I was saying while he was running for president. Yeah, because like, it's just like you know, because it just doesn't <clears throat> seem like if you had enough people around you who actually cared about you what? as a person that all of this wouldn't be happening. Like, yeah. the fact that he seemingly has access to social media... That's exactly what I was saying the whole time. Pretty cr- wild and because crazy. You, like, in the same way that you were talking about, it, it's a hard concept that Kylie is, like, actually tweeting her own tweets. I would say the same thing for Kanye. Or that he doesn't have social media managers. So, like, at the times that, like, things are going out, I'm just like, is no one... So... So you are publicly acknowledging that he is having an episode and still he has no changed his Instagram password. Right. Like what are, well, okay. What? So in towards the beginning of this conversation on drink champs, he taught and I think part of the, the things that I did struggle with were the contradictory statements that he continuously oh, made. Okay. Right. <laughs> so where he, like he said, he said this one part where he was like, well, God is the supreme leader, but he puts leaders here. And, you know, sometimes. Lord Hill was like, you're a leader. You're not the leader. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but it made me, I'm just like, they mentioned how he stayed at the Mercedes Benz stadium. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. 
But then he talked about people being homeless. And I'm just like, sir, there will never be a time in your life where you will actually be homeless. Because then he goes on to say he went to the Ritz and then he pulled his mask down and be like, are you sure you don't have any more rooms? Well, sir, let us find you a room. You cannot tell me if we go out here into the city and drop somebody off at the door of any hotel that they say they are booked. And then you see me just because you're quote unquote building a relationship the relationships you're building are very strategic, sir. They are not, they are put there to put you in a place and position of what seems to be power. Right. So I, you're you're literally a giant influencer. Also, to be clear, there the Mercedes-Benz Dome or whatever is not a hotel. At, you know at what all. I mean? So if I it's could a just stay there and live there. I was also confused by that. I was like, but why? But why? <laughs> but you also have a whole the calm fact down that in Wisconsin they, for this very purpose. They arrange for you to live there because you are Kanye West proves your point. It right. doesn't matter where you're going. Someone's gonna find a place for you to right. stay because right. you're Kanye like West. an athletic stadium. That <laughs> <laughs> is not meant where for, they house for you and your friends to record in. Where, mind you, where they housed thousands of people in a mass what was mass destruction. Like FEMA housed people there so that they, because they actually lost their homes, not just because they wanted to be a fucking nomad. Okay. <laughs> so, sir, get off your high horse. I also don't understand why chill. that happened because doesn't he have a whole recording studio in Wisconsin that he has people come the out to all the time? He was doing what a lot of rich white kids do. That's what he said at one point. He was like, yeah, you know, I heard a lot of white rich kids will, you know, just won't even own a home. They just live around. And I was like, but you don't have to. Just because they well, do nigga, that dumb stuff. Going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium is not couch surfing. <laughs> At all. Not even a little bit. It's not, it's not couch surfing. They're not it's couch not surfing either. They are, they are living right. in a hotel. They're going to Daddy Summer Home. First of all, he didn't say... Tucket. He did not say, <laughs> oh, I went to the... I, I traveled to Paris and went to the Holiday Inn. He said, I went to the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> As he mentions, I went to I went to Paris so I could go to this place where, where I was sitting with Oprah and this oh, guy name and this like insane. and this constantly name dropping. I'm just like, sir. But that's the narcissism, mm-hmm. it, it and is. that's where I, it, especially with how how often, frequently, and uh, fondly he was re- referring to Drake. I was just like, what is happening? Like, wh- what is going on? I don't know. So, and but th- I feel like that's what's scary about when we talk about having a circle of people who will actually like tell you about yourself is scary because like Nori was clearly confused and like what is going on and then went and got the haircut and right. I'm just like sir it was what? so hyping him the whole time so, so again you're a part of the mob so yes. are you becoming a part of the problem because you are but okay so the only thing that make that semi makes sense to me in dealing with Kanye is the concept of being a leader that you learn something and that maybe you do it new in a new place so other people start to follow you because it's now the new thing to do so you're creating all these new things to do and putting yourself on a pedestal as if you're a leader so then that way other people who want to flock to you or that you influence are now doing that thing so are you adding to the problem as a mobber because i'm not even going to call them followers as a mobber by doing the same idiotic things that he might be doing or are you going to make a decision like, yo, I want my hairline to be back where my calic is, so I'm not going to cut my hair like that. I mean, I feel like uh, the first time that I was concerned by the people that were following Kanye was, y'all remember when he sold a white t-shirt and it had holes in it? Yeah, it was mm. like $700 or something. Crazy. Yeah. And people bought it. 
That was like, time, huh? We're in trouble. <laughs> I hate society. Homeless people would wear. Yes, all the stuff he makes. Don't get me wrong; it looks comfortable, but I'm like, it's doing nothing. But if you turn around, everybody's wearing that stuff. I yeah. was like, he got burning bush shoes. People first are wearing burning bush shoes. First of all. If any of us showed up with a brand new shirt that our mamas then bought us with some holes in it, we can ask me. No, but say shoes with the holes the, in it. Come it's on. Like right. the, the jeans. Remember, well, like when we were buying like ripped jeans, you're like, why would you buy your jeans ripped? <laughs> yeah, yes. I remember that. And then I bought the pair that I have on right now. That had a <laughs> large thigh out. <laughs> so yep. <laughs> so November is Men's Mental Health Month. BT Dubs. Oh. Um, so as we're talking about Kanye. Do you guys think that men are given the space to freely express and have emotion? No, no. Okay. not at all. Not in the least. <laughs> are we doing that to Kanye right now? Well, okay, we can move on to say men in general. Okay. But sorry, no, I was just one posing the question. Um, I think we're getting better. Mm. I feel like we're better about the men we know. Better about the men we know and just more aware. Uh I can't necessarily say, I know for me, I can't necessarily say we as a people are getting better. I think we're yeah. just becoming more aware. Societally, I'll definitely say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, individually, sure, there has been some gains, I would say, that way. But I think that our men still deal with a lot of societal pressures that don't allow for the space to be able to discuss some things. Do you have um, examples? I'm genuinely asking. Um, I still think that the whole, like, men aren't supposed to cry. Yeah. Like, that's still a big thing. Like, um, that they have to always be strong and be the rock. They don't have, right. They don't have the space to be emotional or they're weak. Do you feel like that in your personal relationships or when you see a man crying in, like, large, like, public? So from personal experience even in dealing with harry he a lot of his family members are like yo that should have solved you know no man up and i'm like but but why why is it soft to be compassionate or address how you're feeling instead of shoving it into the back of your mind and then you just being an ass like not harry specifically but men like i've seen other men in his family and they're just like like they brush things under the rug instead of addressing it and then it creates a bigger problem i think in what 10 years that harry and i've been together i think i've seen this man cry twice and that was when his mom passed Mm. Mm. and and it was in the dark by himself and i'm just like you don't have to do this by yourself Mm. and i think that a lot of men struggle in situations like that or they use a situation like i mean unfortunately I know a lot of men whose moms have passed and that seems to be the only real thing that breaks them. Mm. And and then they like they shove it in because society tells them that you can't you can't be a leader in society if you are also being emotional because that's women's work. Yeah, or they're supposed to be the ones that are lifting us and being our support system. Right. So they can't break down because then who is going to be right. the support or the rock for the women in their lives? Okay. Right. So do, when you say that, or maybe Saya said it, but when it said that gains are being made in giving men space in mental health, do you think it is 
our generation that's doing that? Do you think that there is space being made in the generation ahead of us? I think our generation after, personally. I don't know that... I don't know... We talked about my own dealing with uh, mental health. It was okay for me, but I don't even think they ever bothered putting my brother in, and I wonder if that's something we thought about. But I'm just saying, like, I think my generation, but I don't know anybody older than me that really tackled mental health in that way. But I am seeing, I watched a documentary a couple of years back, I think it was on Netflix, um, talking about um, that whole interge- intergenerational um, mental health uh, change. It's, I'm happy, like I'm seeing people now and their kids. So my generation, 40, 45 and younger, who see their male children dealing with emotions that they've not really even processed fully and realizing Mm. that they don't want their kids to be in that same scenario and are trying to work through their own stuff so that they can then help their kids. Mm. So I'm seeing that now, but I don't believe that I've seen that with anybody older. Yeah, I would say, well, I, so even with Trey, my son, I can, I can see older men when he cries, like, oh, you don't cry. Like you need to like, don't do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like he's two. Right. You know, like, it's okay for him to cry. Also, regardless of how old he is. Yeah, like, he, he, he's a child. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, he can process his feelings. It's okay for him to cry. Like, I don't, I feel myself sometimes having to step in and being like, okay, like, okay, so, like, are you sad? Like, what's going on? Like, can you tell mommy what's right. wrong? Or, like, why you're feeling talking this way? And it. talking through it and trying to, obviously, at two, he can't th- yeah. necessarily tell me what he's happening, but at least trying to start the conversations of talking through your feelings instead of just telling you to stop them. Right. Yeah. Because I remember people being like, oh, you're a big boy. You don't cry. And I'm like, no, no, no. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay for him to cry. Yeah. Like, we just need to figure out why he's crying and he can right. talk through it. So to your point, I think our generation is starting to be like, let's not just um, put a Band-Aid on these feelings. Like, let's... Yeah figure out the the root and get to the bottom of it so that then when they get older they can process what's happening instead of just being like closed off and they can't talk the same how you are with harry even with shelton sometimes i'm like i need you to tell me i can tell something's wrong right but i need you to tell me why you're feeling away why you're sad why you're mad why you're frustrated so we can figure out how to get past this point because if you're not talking to me i can't help you right right get over that hump i think they're so conditioned to holding it on in and holding it all in and trying to figure it on their out on their own instead of utilizing their partner right and and i also think that some individuals have found that people will utilize their emotions to their disadvantage or their advantage and their disadvantage Yeah. yeah right and so i i Having not really interacted with that many men on that type of level, but I have heard people say, men need to just know that they can trust you with that information. Right? Yeah. If I'm feeling sad, I need to know I can trust you with this information. You're not going to use that against me. If I'm feeling uneasy, I need to know that I can trust you with this information so that I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that I can solve the problem or we can solve it together, but not that you'll use this later on. And that's right. what I think... I hear a lot of people now trying to work through because it doesn't necessarily have to be as much as fully a trust thing as much as it is a full acknowledgement of I am having emotions. And if I'm not talking to my significant other, 
or my friends and I need to find somebody to talk about these things. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, and you know, trusting them if I can't do it with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Cause I also remember like dating and someone like unloading on me with like stuff that was stressing him out and me being like, I'm, I can't be this person for you, mm-hmm. but are you able to talk to your friends about this? And him be like, no. Mm. And be no. like, you may need to evaluate that. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I can't be this person for yes. you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I, there is something to be said about creating space. But I also feel like conversations like this are starting to happen more. But mm-hmm. what does creating space look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what does that really mean in action? And so, like, sometimes these buzzwords get, like, tossed out yeah. as, like, ways to make room for these emotions. But, like, how to actually enact that, right. it gets lost. Yeah, no, that's well, true. I think it's also based on the individual because everybody process, like, they process things differently. Mm-hmm. So your your space may look different than my space. And, so you know, Harry's space may look different than my space, which, you know... Yeah. So especially in relationships, you're like, okay, we both trying to find space for our mental health and maybe it don't look the same. And what works for me may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for me. And we have to. And that's okay because that's like learning each other's love languages. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, to what Carol was saying about Shelton, I feel like Patrick and I have had that conversation and we haven't really had to deal with um, major life changes yet. But have had conversations around like what what makes you feel supported when you're feeling this way like do you like someone that is will take things off of your plate so you can just process right do you need to be busy because that's how you process and i'm the person that's dealing with the people you know what i mean like mm-hmm. what way is helpful to you in that moment so that like when we get to that point like i know how to best support you and vice versa yeah i think that's what's um a good conversation to have because even with us we've gotten to the point where like how can i in this moment how can i support you like what do you need and sometimes that person can't articulate what they need because when you're in the thick of it in the throes of it you probably can't really always articulate what you need yeah but having that conversation ahead of time is good so you know okay like for me, I don't like talking about things right away. Yeah. I need a little bit of time to kind of process it. But I do like knowing that when I am ready, my support system is there mm-hmm. that I can go to when the time is right. Yeah. right. So I think that's very important. Like you said, like it's like your love language and just knowing your person, um, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a friendship relationship or even family that you've established um, like what next steps are. And like you said, what support looks like for them because like you said it's different Mm -hmm. for all of us um so how do you guys handle like your mental those spaces or your self-care and um those situations Mm -hmm. Hmm. uh well i'm a proponent of therapy i mentioned that before um i think it it I will say this. I think it's we are we would be foolish to think that we can look at our own selves and make our own diagnosis. So I think it's always important if you don't have therapists to at least have somebody that you can talk to. And so I've got y'all for the times I don't. I have, you know, other friends that I talk to. And, you know, when it's something that 
y'all might not be privy to maybe fully understanding. Um, and I think I always, I'm a huge proponent of just um, rest for myself personally. Like I, I know that if I don't give myself rest, even if it's just rest of the mind, if it's not rest for the body, um, I have to do those 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 things for sure. So I, oh, and um, unplugging. Um, I if I need to unplug from social media or whatever the case may be, that works for me greatly. Like just being able to unplug, unplug from that type of stuff. And for me, uh, Bible, prayer, moving all that stuff back up into priority has always been huge. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest proponent, even as someone who is religious, still is a therapist. I know a lot of people try to say that they can talk to God. God has made therapists so yeah. that we can go and mm-hmm. have somebody who can talk to us on call. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he is not there, but a lot of times you won't listen to him on the stuff you're supposed to listen to him on. So <laughs> go ahead and get right. people in the back. Go ahead and get you a, a good therapist. I promise they won't bite and may take a little while to find one, but they're important. Yeah. I would agree. Therapy is key. Um, of course, my faith has always been a, fa- a strong foundation. So there's that. There's therapy. I know that my my circle is real tight. Like the people I talk to is very minimal. <clears throat> it might be like two people outside of who's at this table right now. Um, so I know that I have a really good support system. But for me, I'm an isolator. I have to sit and be by myself until we come poking around right until <laughs> people come on a hunt for me and, like, and ask the right questions yeah. <laughs> you didn't ask there's that you ain't getting that there's answer. all of okay. that there's all of that but it's like when you when like carol said when you're in the thick of it you don't necessarily know what you need mm. or how you need it you just know you're going through it so it's like if for me if i isolate then maybe i can formulate a plan Mm-hmm. And if I can formulate a plan, then I can execute a plan. Or if I can't, then literally, literally take it a second minute at a time. Because that, I mean, for me, that's what it takes. Because yeah. I sometimes when I get into that space, I can't think past the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just need to get through this one right, mm-hmm. in order to even get that far. So, yeah. Um, I'm avoidant, which... Is not great. <laughs> um, I tend to make myself busy so I don't have to think about mm-hmm. whatever is gnawing at my mind or whatever has made me sad. Um, but I'm also like when I am ready to deal with it, I'm a, a little bit of a wallower. Like I just want to like curl up and like or go on a drive and like process. Mm-hmm. But it's not until I've like had time to do one or the other or both that I'm ready to talk about it. If it's something that is like really like hit my heart, mm-hmm. like it takes me a while to be able to speak on it. It's not my like initial, like telling people that I am sad or hurt is like, is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So it takes me time to be able to do that if, but I have to like formulate the, thoughts around the feelings 
to be able to get there. Right. 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 Because you can feel some type of way, but not really know how to yeah. tell somebody. Yeah. Well, I get it. Yeah. For me, um, I'm an overthinker. So my mind isn't always the nicest place for me to be. Mm. Um, so I feel useless. It's hard for me. So I have to process, but my mind is immediately telling me like, is it, my mind immediately goes to the negative right. in a lot of times. So I usually have to at least throw out there like, hey, guys, I'm having a really hard time, um, but I'm not ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually my first because I know if I don't tell someone I'm having a hard time, I'm not quite sure like where my mind is going to go. But I need someone to know like, hey, I'm throwing out the LCOS. So yeah. I'm going to need at some point for someone mm-hmm. to come and check on me because I don't know where my mind's going to go. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, music is really big for me. I have a playlist that's kind of like curated for moments when I'm very stressed out. Um, it has like a lot of songs that just kind of center me and bring me back. It's a mix. It's usually it's a lot of gospel, a little bit of R and B, some yeah, probably yeah. that particular mm-hmm. playlist. And then I have scriptures that are my go tos. I have flagged for like anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, in my Bible app that I can just like kind of click on that tag and like all of them will come up and those kind of center me again. And then um, being in nature and walking and being outside. So I'm kind of like, um, what is it called? Like seasonal, not depression. I don't want to say depression because that's a harsher term than how I feel. But when I can't be outside, I um, feel heavy. Yeah, it feels really heavy for me. Something about not being able to go outside yeah. is like a, a lot mm-hmm. for me. And so I do really well in like... Being less sun. Yeah, like, like yeah. the spring, mm-hmm. summer, fall, I feel better. Winter, even the holidays help because it's already like a cheery time. Yeah. And so I think people are naturally in a better mood. So that's good. But as soon as like January hits and I can't go outside, I get into like a hard... If I'm stressed in that time, it's harder for me to come out of it because mm. I can't be out. Um, and then also having a child, I don't, I need alone time and I don't get that as much now that I have a small child. Um, but those things really help me, um, get through those moments when I need to like process and do self-care. Yeah. I forgot to mention devotionals too, which helped me a little bit more than scripture reading because it's more active. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like answering questions and like having activities helps me actually like process what I'm feeling a little bit more than just reading scripture personally yeah same and then also like our something about our first lady she gets she like she just be knowing she do and I know it's the lord that like pings her yeah but I remember when I was having a really hard time um 2014 right before I got the year I got married I don't know it's been a long time uh she could just, I don't know, she would just call me and I would be like on the brink of tears and like she, it's just like she would be like I'm just calling to pray with you and I'm like I know that was God that gave that to you and like that just dropped that in your spirit, but it happened more than once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, I'm just so thankful for her and also for our pastor too, that just like something about them, just like knowing when to swoop in They're and like drop yeah. a nugget and being like, if you need me, I'm here. But like also not being overbearing because yeah. that can also like feel like yes. too much. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just very yeah. appreciative of them. Just like, just they just be knowing. Listen, they're crazy because I still often reflect on the first time that I brought Patrick to church, and it was for like our financial um, advice. It was like a random Saturday, and I invited a couple of my coworkers, and Patrick came, and first lady was like going to talk to Patrick, and I was like, you cannot talk to him in the way that you're about to talk to him because he's my coworker, and there is nothing romantic here. You gotta chill. <laughs> 
and now we're married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all knew and several and years later. Right, that's your old <laughs> man. Anyways. <laughs> she be knowing, though. Mm-hmm. She does. Oh. Excuse me. So how can... um. We do better. We're talking about men not having space necessarily. We're all um, connected to black men specifically. Um, So what do you think that we can do better so that they can feel safer to express themselves or even seek the help that they may need in terms of mental health? I think just opening conversation. Like just, I know what works for us is that, so so I do this thing with Harry where I get him in the car because like, where are you going to go? <laughs> Not trap him. Like, yeah, it's like a trap. But you pull over on the shoulder on the highway? Or no, like-, like, we'll be like, make a plan. Like, I got to go to the store. We got to run these errands. So, like, on the commute there, I'll throw something out there Poor just man. to, like, to get... He's hit- probably traumatized in <laughs> yeah. so many ways. He's not. It's like to get his thoughts on something. And then it will open the door for conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, it eventually leads into me and, like, you know let me offer you another perspective or he'll even offer me another perspective mm-hmm. in some situations. But if we simply open the door for conversation, then it kind of helps them let the guard down yeah. a little bit to let them know you have somebody to talk to mm-hmm. and it's okay. You know, I'm not, I mean, especially when, <clears throat> especially when you're in a relationship, it's like, I'm not your boys. So I'm not going to criticize you too much. <laughs> A smidgen. Right. Just just, just a little bit. Not really. But I'm not going to criticize you if you feel a certain way. You can talk to me. but And, and it may not happen just in one conversation. It, it could happen over the course of several conversations about a multitude of things. Or like if you see, I know in watching TV and you see people go through things and you can kind of relate or make it relatable. And it again, it opens the door for conversation. And how does that get improved or... This is how people think. And why do people think that way? And I think if you just offer up that that space, it kind of makes the guard go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. I think a lot about, um, I feel like the most relatable analogy, is that the word that we were looking for before? It was an analogy. Yes, it was an analogy. I hate everything. Wow. Yep. Wow. I really cool. thought we were thinking about no. something like real complicated. <laughs> it was an analogy this whole time. Yeah, it was. It was. And I said it earlier and I was like, dang, that was the word I wanted First earlier. of all, your but... description was terrible. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It, it was a word, comma, is, word. No, it's a word, colon, and a word. Yeah, it's an analogy. Oh, it is. That's it. Anyway. Anyways. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot my whole point now. Shoot. Oh, okay. I feel like I think a lot about... um. When people talk about why they know they can't come out to their families Mm -hmm. because of things that they say when they see certain things on TV or certain family friends or like people in the community that they know um, in the way that they talk about them. And I feel like I think a lot about that in the context of who feels safe to talk to you about what based on your outside commentary with things that you don't know have Mm -hmm. anything to do with them. Good point. Um, so I feel like I, I'm going to say try in asterisks because I'd be making a lot of jokes, but um, try to be sensitive to that in the sense of letting people know that we are not static. And so at no point, I've been wrong in this very conversation mm-hmm. a number of times and I'm open to that. I don't think that. 
anything that we say has to be the end all be all and there is no changing my mind yeah. and letting people know that the way that you're regarded or anybody thinks of you doesn't have to change based on you having a human experience right. because you're a human. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like with men, my perspective is that a lot of times they're, they have a hard time being honest because they think they lose ground and how they're regarded mm-hmm. if they are quote unquote soft mm-hmm. or emotional. Right. And I don't think that that has to be true to me. I think it is, especially in this day and age is a bigger deal to be honest and authentic with your feelings because it's so hard to do mm-hmm. because it is not the popular choice because it isn't the easy choice. I have more respect for men that do that. And I, especially with their male friends. Yeah. So I think that trying to, I don't know, speak on that and emulate that and show that you can be a safe space is how you become one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have to agree. I, um, our family just lost someone um, to suicide who was very close to us. And after that happened, um, I just had, I felt very strongly to tell my brothers, um, like, if they felt a way. Oh. I did not think I was going to cry. Um, that if they felt a way, that we were a safe space for them. Thank you. Because um, I just can't imagine how his family is feeling. Because I know he was really struggling. So I think just letting them know that they, there's a safe place for them to go is very important. Um, and with that said, I would also like to put um, his go the family's GoFundMe. Um, I would like to post that in our um, podcast page because they are raising money in case other people can't afford um, therapy and mental health services because that was also a struggle for him that he couldn't afford to go to therapy as much as he wanted to and so mm. they are raising money for people in that same boat um, but uh, I think that's how I'm trying to do better is letting the men in my life know that they have a safe place to go mm. well I am reflecting as we were talking. Um, I think for me, well, I'll say this. I know I have younger men who are somewhat in my life, and I always like to just be there. For me, I think it's the most important thing for me to do, and that's my how I want to move moving forward. Um, I continue to do, um, and I've also not only with men, but just, um, in general, I've changed my model as far as how I deal with, um, tears and being upset, um, being open to, to listening beyond that is what I've been working on trying to do. Like you said with Trey, like he's young, when you're trying to get him to use his words and as I'm, you know, talking to a bunch of people, if I see tears, let the tears come, but also let's talk. Like mm-hmm. I've been trying to work on that for the past couple of years as just being better about that. Um, because I realized 
I'm starting to realize, I think even with my own self, that behind the tears is usually something. And if you're only allowing the tears to come out and you're not giving the space for what is causing the tears, you're never going to really be able to at least let that person, if nothing less, um, alleviate the burden of having it or holding it or dealing with it. Because it could be that even in Trey's situation, you may not know what to say, but I'm a babble a few things and at least that will be better getting to get off my chest than it will be to feel frustrated that no one's listening to me mm-hmm. or no one wants to. So that's what I am working on trying. I've been working on and trying to continue to work on it, but I know um, even in this conversation, just being able to make sure that I'm available. I think that that's going to be the, the, the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And there are um, services out there. Um, there's betterhelp.com, there's Talkspace, there's um, therapyforblackmen.org, um, blackmenheal.org is just a few for um, anyone, or free black therapy, which I didn't know existed, um, .org. So there are resources out there for any men, black men in particular, that um, might be struggling and that need help and may not be able to get it through their insurance um but on a lighter note (laughs) a new segment well not new segment alert but we're continuing our segment i think from last week i don't even know like when i feel like (laughs) it's been so long it's been so hard (laughs) to pod consistently (laughs) yo niggas got lives i hear me um so how's everyone's week going Anyone have a song? I can go first if no one has their song. Go ahead. Okay. Please. Mine is Truth is I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Options are few. (laughs) I'm sleepy. I am tired. I just realized I was looking at my calendar. I've had an event every single weekend that I'm either hosting or on or working every week for the past four weeks. Oh, Um, Jesus. So I'm just really tired on top of working my nine to five. So I'm just really tired. Um, and I'm just um, trying to not fall asleep recording tonight. <laughs> Actively not. <laughs> Actively trying. Which we appreciate. Yeah. That's where um, I'm at. This has nothing to do with the episode um, or my week, really. But um, <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was funny and I wanted to say it on the pod. And I feel like because uh, last pod I was getting married and now I'm married, it's funnier. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Patrick's favorite song is... Um, this song by Brent Fayez is, if you're going to waste your time, waste your time with me. <laughs> <laughs> and someone asked me, if Patrick hadn't proposed on right now, how would you feel? And that's that song. <laughs> that's how I would feel. <laughs> okay. Are y'all wasting y'all times together? <laughs> no, we're not. We're moving towards something, I guess. <laughs> oh, I guess. Okay, I guess. <laughs> not have been married for two weeks. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, go ahead, Ty. You go. Not um, the excitement on your face, right? <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a song. Uh, well, how's your week going, sis? I would say it's it's going. I've been trying to keep on pushing, so I guess keep on pushing would probably be the best. <laughs> What song, song is that? Me. You never heard you know, that? I'm, well, last time I thought she was singing a song, it wasn't it. So I just want to know if we're on the same page. No, that um, is a song. No, I just want to know if we're singing the same song. 
Oh, okay. I hear what you're saying. It's going to play. Oh, dang. That's should... you cheating and playing it on YouTube. Well, whatever. Oh, no, I can't. Add, add, add. <laughs> not you not paying for it either. <laughs> oh, I, we, we can't get in trouble. Um, but keep on pushing by the impressions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's it. Okay. It's on brand. They're also not <laughs> listening to Sula, so it's fine, I'm sure. I'm sure they've been sampled on something, but we're, we're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this this week is just, I don't know, I feel like, that's it. Yeah, I found it. I love that song, though. <laughs> of course you would. I do. Keep the I don't think that's the song I was singing in my head. It's probably not. <laughs> it also tracks. <laughs> um, I don't know. This week, it, normally I live my life in musical and I could probably think of a song for everything, but... That that that's just a testament of where my head is at right now. It's just kind of all over the place and everywhere and just worn. I'm just worn out. It's just been a long week and when you like when you feel like Wednesday is Thursday and your day off, which is today, Thursday is a whole nother day. I think it's just been the time change. So Oh, speak on that. The, yeah, it's been killing the me. time yes. change. Like I've been literally going to bed at like eight o'clock. Well the so. fact that it's pitch black outside at five is like, I don't know why. Has it always been this dark at five? Yes. See, we say that every year. Yes. I know. I yes. also start falling yes. asleep as the sun is going down. Yes. So at like 4.30, I'm like, on the couch like... I'm just like, wow, I remember being this dark last year. I also, I also think that, and the older I get, because I used to look forward to to daylight savings time, because I'm like, oh, I'm getting this extra hour. It's my birthday. You know, like, it's been always that connection. But it's like, the older I get, I'm just like... It's only four o'clock and it feels like six. <laughs> Somebody come help me. Every year of my mm-hmm. life, I'm like, who approved of this? Right. Mm-hmm. We don't farm anymore. Why mm-hmm. do we need it? Also, not everyone um, like recognizes daylight savings. So like, why if you if it's a choice, why are we picking this? Right. Yes. I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You were so excited a second ago, and I thought you had a song. So what were you excited about? I I was I don't know. <laughs> You're lying. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not lying. I so much thought I had a song. <laughs> And I thought I was excited, but then just like that, it's like a fog. Just oh. that, which is why I said normally I live my life in musical. And I don't today, believe anything that just came out of your mouth, but that's fine. <laughs> it's probably R. Kelly song because she can't play it. <laughs> that's not it. Oh, I was. I, was, I got it. That's I not it. it. No. Totally okay, so I giggled at myself because I was trying to put keywords into Google <laughs> and put songs after it to see if something resonated, and it. it was, uh, okay. <laughs> The Google machine it still wasn't nothing. resonating with how the week has been going. Good try, Actually, good it does because nothing came. <laughs> out. There it is. <laughs> it was nothing. <laughs> it wasn't giving me anything. Something. <laughs> something. Something. Nothing. I really like her, Carisha. <laughs> She's I heard her bar today that was like, "Diddy, let me put it in your face like the roaches." Buenas noches. Yes. <laughs> She's like unapologetically herself. She is. And she's power in that. Yes. And I love that for her. And also I just remember when um 
The other one was in jail. And so it was just her. Yeah, her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and and um, Carisha was, like, trying really hard to catch beats, and she was always, like, running after them <laughs> of every song. And now she's doing really good. Love <laughs> yeah, I do. I love it for her. I feel like the proud auntie. <laughs> she did. Look at my I'm baby. Sick. <laughs> Let's yeah. go, y'all. Lord. All right. Well, you can want to take the after shade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I would like to inform our listeners' um, mental health. Um, I would just like to... Man, I would really just like to let you know that regardless of where you are and where you think you are, you're not alone. Um, even if it looks... If you feel like it looks like you can't talk to anybody in your circle, if no one else understands, if no one else has been where you are, that's not true. There are people out here that are for you, that support you, that love you, that want you to continue to be you, that want to see you through, that want to be there for you. Um, Please give people the chance. Please let them in and please um, continue for them. If not for yourself. That's good. Um, I'll, okay, I'll go next. So two things. Because what we do know is sometimes as people and even men have a tendency to stress or put stress on their mental health because of a status or a level of success that they think they should be at by a certain time. Like people put a timeline on themselves. So um, I want to affirm our listeners, that you create your own timeline. Mm -hmm. You define your own success and just be the best you that you can be. The other is specifically to um, our male listeners um, that you are seen and you are absolutely heard, even in your most silent of days. So just know that there are people to support you. Oh, it's so precious. (laughs) Um... I want to affirm with our listeners, um, all listeners, but in particular, our men is pretty are having um, Men's Health Month this month, um, growth. I know we talked about two, we talked about two um, rappers in our earlier segments, both dealing with two varied situations in their lives, one dealing with... Um, if anyone had a chance to listen to Travis Scott's uh, response to what happened this past week and um, a, a young man who knows there's some problems and is is uh, really struggling with trying to figure out what his next steps are. Um, and we also talked about an individual who for all accounts could be called a genius, but is still struggling with a little bit of narcissism. There's always room for growth. That is is basically what I wanted to try to get to. Travis's situation, this young man has an opportunity to, his next steps are going to be important. And I think he's, while he's stressed, recognize there's always room for an opportunity for growth. There's always room for an opportunity of change. There's always room for an opportunity for him to go in a different way. And I think this is a perfect opportunity before him, though it may be stressful, though it may look 
all types of ways messed up. And I think that that's what God presents to us in our lives for opportunities of growth. Um, they aren't pretty, they aren't ever easy, but, um, I'm just affirming for individuals that as you watch this thing play out, know that he's going to grow and there's things that are going to happen in your lives that you're going to be able to get through and grow. Um, we mentioned earlier that there are a bunch of um, various uh, mental health resources. I also want to mention another one um, called um, Open Path um, Psychology Therapy um, Collective, where it, you can um, get reduced um, costs for your therapy if you want to use that. Um, we'll also post it in the show notes. But I also want to mention, even in Kanye's situation, you always need to have somebody. Um, and that's where the growth comes from. I um, mean, this individual, though a genius, still has room to grow. Um, he's making some statements here. Um, he's doing some things right now that are very clear that he's in need of somebody to help him on his journey. And there's something that you just don't growth though hard happens normally doesn't happen alone and you can't be in a bubble trying to do it. So um, if you are in need of help, find some, because I promise you the growth, though it may be challenging, maybe though it may be difficult, though you may be seen in a totally different light after you get through to the other side, the growth is worth it. And we never stop growing. So I affirm that for everyone. Man, I always hate following um, evangelist um, <laughs> Stokes. <laughs> The collection ain't been a little low the last couple of months. I'm low. Money. Collection. <laughs> I am sick. Um, so I would just like to affirm that um, to our male listeners, all two of you, um, that you are. We love you. We yeah, got, we love you. I have four. Okay, all four of you, and a possible. Um, Come on, space. That you are loved. You are seen. Um, if you are feeling that you are alone and that things are dark, that um, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, even though you might not see it currently. Um, as everyone has mentioned, there are, I hope that you can find your safe place um, to go to, to um, fully express how you are feeling. And if that is not in your immediate circle, that it can be a licensed professional. Um, but that um, it, how you are feeling currently does, will not always be the case. And that if you are feeling a way that you want to, that ending things feels like the, um, the best course of action that is not the case. Um, there are people that love you. There are people that um, want to see you alive and thriving and doing better and that you hopefully can hold on to that. And before you make any decisions that you reach out to someone that cares and that loves you or that you reach out to someone that can help you. Um, and um, the world needs you. The world is absolutely not a better place without you, no matter what your disease or your sickness or what your mental health is telling you um so with that said we appreciate you guys we love you guys so much have a great love week you. yes so much a, love have a great great week bye bye, bye. bye.